0: Hi, this is The Robber and you can support my mad grab for power and the Sword and Laser Podcast by going to patreon.com slash swordandlaser.
1: everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you.
0: And we solve all of the world's problems.
1: Oh, I forgot to get a drink. What? Oh, See? I really needed one. We're gonna it's okay. S- we're going
0: to solve that problem.
1: how how i I don't
0: know run
1: (laughs) no it's all right it's for the best so what do you have
0: You have no liquids near you at all
1: i just have water
0: that's fine that's fine water is a perfectly acceptable drink it's something Mm. we're 70 percent made of and it's good for you and i will carry the torch of the non-water drinking because i have a sonoma cider called the anvil which is bourbon flavored
1: what mm-hmm. that is two of my favorite things wrapped up in one like peanut butter and jelly but boozy
0: yeah it's actually not as good as i hoped i'll be honest um, Oh, it's got a i'm getting used to it like and it I'm about to say something that you can make the obvious joke. Uh, it took two or three bottles before it started to taste good. <laughs> but I mean that over ver- over days, not over two or time. three in a row. Like, okay. I first had this on July 4th and I was like, mm, not sure I like it. And then I had it again a couple weeks later and I'm like, um, OK, it's better. And tonight I'm actually digging it. It's like, all right, I'm, I'm starting to my palate is starting to adjust because it is a little weird to expect the sweet cider taste and then get a little of that. You know, kind of rough, grainy bourbon taste.
1: Mm-hmm. Is there actually bourbon in it, or is it like aged in bourbon barrels? It's or bourbon, somehow.
0: It's bourbon barrels. Yeah, there's it's no there's barrels. no actual bourbon in the. Uh, it's bourbon flavor. So oh, I wonder yeah. how they do that. They don't. It's not like it's not like a boiler maker. They don't
1: just pour it in. Yeah. It's like a you could like a snake bite. Except yeah, yeah, bourbon.
0: yeah. Totally. Um, but yeah, so there you go. Uh, I've I've got two drinks in one to cover you?
1: Sounds refreshing. Well, in that case, uh, why don't we just jump right into the quick burns?
0: E-Stories is launching an alternative source for audiobooks. Now, some of you buzz out loud fans may remember E-Music uh because I was a big proponent of them back in the <laughs> I day. I don't
1: even remember e
0: That was the <laughs> one. if you remember me going on and on about DRM-free music, And they were the only DRM-free store on the internet at the time. Uh, They are still around, and they have pivoted uh, to eStories. They have 80,000 titles, so they're still a ways off of the 250,000 that Audible has. But they're only $1,195 a month uh, for your one credit, and they give you a 33% discount per book after your one credit. Uh, So it's a little bit bigger discount than the 30% you get from Audible. It's a little bit less per month. Um, And it's uh, still DRM free, I think.
1: Well, oh, well, that's that's pretty cool, yeah. actually. If they, if they've held on to that, that that is definitely a a bonus feature for a lot of people out there. Um, yeah, I mean, some people might complain about the the lack of choice. Um, you know, that's still even a problem for a lot of people with Audible. Sure, just not having all the books that they want uh, readily available. But I mean, as you can see, when we started having, when we back in the day had Audible as a sponsor, it was a hundred thousand downloadable titles. Yeah, and now it's two hundred and fifty thousand thousand downloadable titles so they're working on it
0: yeah uh, so if you want to check them out it's estories.com e-s-t-o-r-i-e-s.com
1: you know in my mind i was thinking man they really they haven't just they haven't added enough titles over time but then i remembered oh they actually have to record all of these books <laughs> Somebody it's does. not like they're just running it through a translator yeah right or it's not ocr
0: it. yeah no
1: they actually people have to speak these books it
0: takes a while it's a lot of manpower. To an audiobook, yeah.
1: It sure does. Um, there is a, a story from Boing Boing about a surprise revival in UK of printed book sales. This might be exciting to some of you old timers out there who still like your dead tree editions. Or
0: apparently new timers who are all flooding into stores and buying uh, printed books. It is the best. It's actually the first rise in sales for printed books in the UK since 2007, And e-book sales, digital book sales, dropped
1: for the first
0: time since 2011.
1: Uh, So uh, over on Boing Boing, uh, Rob, who wrote the article, Rob... uh, um, Bashiza uh, said he wonders if it has to do with uh, how well-run major UK bookstore chains are. Uh, there's a lot of small stores in high-traffic areas uh, compared to America ones, which are more American ones, which are more strip mall, big boxes, you know, full of, as he says, trashy, ancillary merch and empty of foot traffic. Uh, so, yeah, I wonder if it's a, a cultural thing or if it's just a, a blip, if it's just a uh, something random happening.
0: Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, I, I know that ebook sales have been flattening out in the United States too. So I think it is a trend, and we've talked about it on Sword and Laser before. That people are still turning to physical books uh, from time to time. I, Eileen on vacation last last year took a paperback because she just didn't want to deal with a with a Kindle or pulling out her phone while she was sitting by the ocean. Right. So mm-hmm. there are still places where people prefer. F- uh, paperback books. And I have to say, a lot of times I prefer audiobooks so much. And I don't think audiobooks get counted in either digital or print. They're their own category. And I think they're probably cannibalizing ebook Some sales that, more yeah. so than they would cannibalize printed book sales.
1: Especially now that it is so easy to to choose the... Uh, the um Audible format uh, through Amazon, as opposed, you don't have to go to the separate site. Right, right. It's right there listed with all the other versions of that book. Uh, So yeah, I'd be curious to see those three different data points uh, side by side to see if there is a rise in audiobooks as compared to that dip uh, in, in ebook formats.
0: Akiva Goldsman is writing a screenplay. Thanks to Louis for sending this. Uh, Akiva Goldsman, of course, won an Oscar for the screenplay A Beautiful Mind. Also did not win an Oscar for writing Batman Forever or I Am Legend or I, Robot. (laughs) All right,
1: we're we're knocking him a little bit now.
0: (laughs) uh, Well, it really wasn't until I said I, Robot, that I was meaning to knock him. Uh, But Akiva Goldsman is going to attempt to adapt Asimov's The Caves of Steel uh, and as Louie said, these are Louie's words. Let's hope previous results are not a sign of future results.
1: <laughs> I liked. Uh, mm.
0: I, I hope the beautiful mind Goldsman can make Caves of Steel or even yeah. the, the Batman. Goldsman. But
1: then if we're looking at genre-y things, the genre-y things have, have not been his strong strong point.
0: I Am Legend wasn't bad.
1: I can't remember if I saw I think it was too scary for me. I don't think I saw it. No, it
0: would have been too it would have been too scary for you. That
1: was the one with the um
0: and it had uh
1: the white zombie yeah, vampires. White
0: zombie vampires and German Shepherds.
1: And a dog died.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? A dog yeah, did die. Spoiler, right? but yeah.
1: Totally. Oh come on. No, okay. No, I'm sorry. No, this no, is I'm just beyond, teasing. I'm just teasing. Beyond you. the time frame. <laughs> we have to call it. Also, somewhere.
0: it's a shock when it happens, but you see it coming and it's not the only pivotal. It's like not even the biggest pivotal part. It's the reason that Eileen will never watch that movie again though.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Duh. Uh, Alex uh posts that The Economist has an interesting article on how the Discworld novels have resisted adaptation throughout all these these decades. Um that is something, yeah. A lot of people have talked about in the past. Uh, this is a an, an interesting post over, as I said, on the Economist. So it's going to take you a while to get through, and you have to click <laughs> a button to get out of the um, the ad. I'm nope. just I'm just saying words because I got stuck on one of those freaking like pop up in the middle of the yeah, screen yeah. No, ads. the
0: subscribe pop up is annoying. It really it's is a
1: pain in my butt. Um, yeah. So there's a uh, post here that says, uh, yeah, even with this change, uh, Pratchett's. Works resist easy adaptation, much as Douglas Adams' The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy long resisted a film version, and even then produced a mediocre result, their words, not mine, uh, Pratchett's authorial voice is hard to convey on the screen. Uh, Pratchett in particular relies on paratext, a novel commenting on being a novel. Reading him is to be endlessly second-guessed. The brilliance of a quip like, give a man a fire and he's warm for a day, but set fire to him and he's warm for the rest of his life lies in the subversion of expectation, uh, but in a particularly literary way. Its force depends on the eye crossing the page, not a viewer watching images on a screen.
0: Yeah, and then they point out that you d- you almost have to have a narrator to make a Discworld novel work in a movie, and movies that rely on narrators often don't do very well. They're <laughs> they not critically acclaimed uh, because of that. So My
1: favorite part of this post is the end where it says, Correction! An earlier version of this article stated that the graffiti pictured is of a character named Mort. It is, of course, death. Sorry. <laughs>
0: uh, that's almost Pratchett-like in its correction. I know, yeah, I know. Well done, economist. And thank you, Alex, for that one. Uh, Alex also uh, put a small follow-up to the post on the big book of science fiction uh, that a lot of folks in the Goodreads are very excited about. Uh, a couple people were suggesting, you know, maybe we should go ahead and read it as a book of the month. I still think it's pretty long. Um, but in an interview at Kirkus Reviews, Anne and Jeff Vandermeer mentioned they also want to do a big book of fantasy.
1: Hmm. Oh, that'd be awesome. I, I want those as coffee table books, stat. And apologies to The Economist and uh, author FM for calling his post too long.
0: Uh, no, I just thought you were saying The Economist was too long. And as a subscriber to The Economist and a longtime reader of it, um, yeah, I get made fun of a lot. That's all I'm
1: saying. What, what, By what Veronica. You... No. No. Just now. I don't know.
0: Two, two minutes ago.
1: Mmm, sorry. Um, All right, well, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Uh, Thank you, by the way, to everyone who submitted things for Quick Burns. Um, As always, you can do that over on our thread on Goodreads. Uh, We love hearing from you guys. And this first post uh, is from Trike, who posts about great character names. And I just liked, I just appreciated how many character names he remembered that he liked. (laughs) Um, that was impressive to me, so I wanted to read this post. He Encyclopedia?
0: Says, How about en Oh! oh, oh, oh so. <laughs> She's still going.
1: <laughs> he says, uh, watching the season finale of Preacher, I'm struck once again by the notion that Jesse Custer is a brilliant name for a character based in the American West. So true a mashup of Jesse James and General George Custer, which got me thinking about other great character names. The plucky girl reporter from Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow is named Polly Perkins. I love that. I wish I'd thought of that. Snake Plissken of Escape from New York. So great. Great. Hero protagonist of Neil Stephenson's Snow Crash is funny because it's meta and on the nose. Uriah Heep from David Copperfield is, as our British friends like to say, a name to conjure by. It's just fun to say. He then goes on to list some other amazing names. Um, Atticus Finch, Ichabod Crane, Mustafa Mond from Brave New World of... Phileas Fogg from around the world in 80 days, Artibus Fowl, Oliver Twist, Farouk Assault, Dorian Gray, all names I think that are, you know, super easily recognizable and and immediately conjure, this is my words, uh, conjure, conjure the, the stories from which they're from. Um, and then everyone goes on to name some of their favorites, uh, Nikki two thumbs, for example, picked Locke Lamora, which is, I thought that uh, would uh, resonate with you
0: by the way, Nikki two thumbs also a fantastic name. A
1: Pretty great name. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Locke Lamora, I think is a great name too. Uh, Ford prefect is also listed by Nikki two thumbs. Uh, Arthur Dent. I mean, all the Douglas Adam names are good. Uh, Harry Potter names are good. Severus yeah. Snape, Sirius Black, uh, Joel, Joel got all, all those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Luna Lovegood. Uh, You know, what's funny is this post, first of all, you should go and just read through to enjoy all of these names and how many names people could come up with and add your own. But it made me think of Angie Tribeca. Do you know this this television show? Mm -mm. It's a television show you watch on the television. Uh, It's on TBS. It stars Rashida Jones. And it's kind of like police academy airplane type humor. It's that kind of dumb pun humor. And all of the character names are names of people that you know. Like, for instance, the forensic scientist, because it's a take on a police comic, police uh, series. The forensic scientist is Dr. <laughs> uh They go to, to to investigate a murder on an airplane and the airline is named Air Jordan.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. That's, that's almost veering into the punny.
0: It is. It is. In Which fact, I'm, I
1: know you appreciate very punny. Um, I, this made me think of American Gods, actually, because we've been Uh, talking about the characters from, from that book, uh, so much recently because of the television adaptation, but like Shadow Moon, even though it, it's, it's kind of on the nose a little bit. Uh, that's, that's definitely a name that has stuck out to me, uh, over time. Um, and Mr. Wednesday, like just, you know, you, that stays with you. And, and I love the names in that book, um, Gosh, yeah. that that This is a good thread to follow and I think to, to add to over time as now that I'm thinking about them, now that I'm thinking about this thread, I'm going to be noticing the the names of, of characters even more uh, moving forward. And then
0: there's the names that aren't descriptive, but more evocative, like I'm thinking of Paul Atreides in dune mm, mm-hmm. where it's a normal name paul but it's paired with this greek-ish sounding name that makes you think of like greek mythology and that lends to the whole mythology of dune and the house atreides and and uh i don't know yeah names are names are interesting um and they're they're very fun to play with li- literarily speaking uh thanks to emily for our next post she's looking for books that are fantasy and westerns she says i think the term is weird west doesn't really have to be necessarily have to be the American West with magic. It'd actually be more welcome to books with secondary worlds, though I'm looking for both. Graphic novels, comics are also appreciated. Uh, and we've got tons in here. John uh, recommends The Sixth Gun, Volume 1, Cold Dead Fingers. Brendan recommends The Half-Made World. Uh, Lady Murmur put in for The 13th Child and Silver on the Road. And Witch, of Which
1: we just read for Vaginal Fantasy a couple uh-huh. months ago. Uh, okay. Silver on the Road. Mm-hmm. And then
0: uh, Tassie Dave, of course, put in the one that came to my mind first red country by joe abercrombie
1: you know i didn't i am so surprised i didn't think about that when i saw this thread i imme- immediately went right to silver on the road because it was the most recent thing i had read um but yeah red country one of my all time favorite books you know of all time um definitely a fantastic take on on the western style of writing um and then dark the the dark tower series too right yeah
0: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, not every Dark Tower novel takes place in a Western-style location, but some of them do, including the mm-hmm. first one. And uh, The Gunslinger is in all of them, which is, I mean, he's the gunslinger. He's it's very, he's very <laughs> That's, Western. He has
1: one job. Yeah. He has one job.
0: Um, and, and Joel also famous. mentions
1: Alloy of Law by Brandon mm. Sanderson, um, which we haven't read, right? But we've talked about extensively. Yeah.
0: Now, we, we, read, um, we read a different Brandon Sanderson, and we read The Wheel of Time. Which indeed. was Robert Jordan, but mm-hmm. Brandon had a hand in bringing home.
1: indeed. And then we had another thread uh, over on the Goodreads forums from Rob, who says, "Hey, fellow sword and laser listeners. Uh, this is, by the way, Rob Secundus, not Robert Raider. Um, hello, fellow SNL listeners, I need your help in finding a book/ author mentioned on the podcast some time ago, probably 2014. Uh, there was a time when within a short span... Sword and Laser interviewed three different people who either had out or were working on books with angel detectives. One was Tad Williams with the Bobby Dollar series, and one was Ian Tregellis, something more than night. And then there was a third, which completely escapes me. I can remember in the actual interview, Tom and Veronica joking about how it was strange that such a niche subgenre, um, the, <laughs> the, Niche subgenre actually seemed to be taking off, and maybe there was some speculation that angels were the new zombies slash vampires. But that's it. I know that Neil Gaiman wrote an angel detective story a while back, but that wasn't it. This third author's angel detective book hadn't come out yet. In Gregory Wilson's interview is close to Drakulis's, and the title mentions angels, but that's not it either. Anybody remember this? Now, I when I read this post, first person who came to mind was Adam Christopher. Because I feel like we interviewed him around the same time as well. But I think that was... I think I'm thinking of noir yeah. for him and like not Empire necessarily State. angels. Yeah. Um, and I i can't think of who it would be.
0: Could be Michael Underwood, but uh, he says it wasn't Michael Underwood. So, hmm.
1: No, Joyce says it might have been Michael Underwood.
0: Yeah, and, and then Rob think... says after Googling it, it doesn't oh, look like either mm-hmm. Mo- Underwood or Shauna McGuire.
1: Yeah, and... It's Joy's a mystery. Say, we need an
0: angel detective to help us solve it.
1: I know, and then the uh, Terp Kristen's like, "Look at the wiki," and she, I'm on my phone. I can't do it. She says, <laughs> "I don't know if that would help." Um, I, yeah, I, I. The only interview that that I really remember doing around that time was Adam Christopher, um, but I think the the similarity there was noir style, and not necessarily angels.
0: So what we're what we're saying, folks, is. Uh, we have Rob know? Secundus who wants to remember this, and maybe you guys remember. Uh, and if you do, you can email us, feedback at swordandlaser.com, or better yet, just jump into Goodreads and look for this thread.
1: Yeah, I'm 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 stumped. I, I don't know if we're misremembering or if it never actually happened, and now we're just at all pretending to remember that hey, there was a third. Um, I don't we know. We just don't know. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Mm. It's
0: not for lack of trying.
1: Nope that's for sure i've spent a lot of brain we i on mean this already. we
0: looked at the wiki and we still didn't know so
1: i didn't look at the wiki did you yeah i did oh good okay
0: Some, at least somebody did
1: <laughs> somebody did wasn't you wasn't wasn't me wasn't, wasn't Rob Secundus. <laughs> must have been you no i'm sure he looked too. <laughs> all right well let's uh let's talk about this month's book pick uh the last wish introducing the witcher and I still can't say the author's name because every time I say it, someone corrects me. So I give well, up. Well,
0: okay, yeah. And there, and first of all, there was a little dust up about how to pronounce Andre Sapkowski's name. And uh, what was interesting about it is that when Rob, Robber Raider, stepped in and said, "Okay, this, let's just all agree to go to our quarters and let it go," everyone did. So commendable well done Uh, done. one of you was very much just trying to say this is how you pronounce it in polish and we totally respect that i snarkily posted a link to the snl sketch about nicaragua with the journalist (laughs) over pronouncing things because i feel like if i try to pronounce it correctly in polish i'm gonna sound like that i'm gonna sound like i'm overdoing it uh but
1: that's like how when i order mexican food in san francisco i feel like an asshole sorry (laughs) sorry children
0: <laughs> Andre on An, Andre is what they're trying to say it should be. sepkovsky We're gonna say Andre Sipkovsky because it's close and we're Americans.
1: Wait, how what was the way we're supposed Andrei to say? Andre
0: sepkovsky
1: That's how you want me to say it. That's how a, are we supposed to say it? And
0: like the R is more of a z. There's a zh character in Russian, and I think it's that char- that sound.
1: Okay. So don't yell at us for pronouncing yeah, just
0: just forgive us don't cringe too much we're really sorry we don't tease
1: me for pronouncing 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 either. don't
0: hate us because we're uh mispronouncing
1: things. i'm still just drinking water i swear it's been a long week all right but this is a uh, better
0: choice than even i knew uh, when you chose it, Veronica. I, Why? I was excited because I knew that the video games were based off these novels, and I know that those video games are hugely popular and have a great story, and even when I started reading it, I was like, oh, I like this character, Geralt. I, I think this is going to be uh, really fun. <laughs> Geralt.
1: Geralt. Ger- yeah, okay, fine. It's Geralt. Whatever. That I'm going to hold firm to.
0: Uh, actually, they say Geralt in the uh, audiobook, too. Okay. Uh, but Andre or Andrzej. uh, Mr. Sapkowski, is incredible. Like, this is one of the problems with books in translation, is that because they need to be done in translation, they oftentimes don't get translated, or it takes a long time for them to get translated. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is an economist, worked as a sales rep in foreign trade, born in 1948, uh, he started writing by translating science fiction into Polish Wow. and then just wrote The Witcher story to enter a contest by a science fiction and fantasy magazine called Fantastica. He got his first story published in Fantastica in 1986. He then created a cycle of tales in the Witcher world. Uh, he's done three collections of short stories and five novels in that world. And he originally put them out in... Little bits and pieces. Uh, he put them out as. Let me see if I can find the actual. Uh, he put them out in a collection called Viedzmin. I'm totally not pronouncing right. It's W I E D Z M I N. Uh, that went out of print. Then they were originally released. After the Sword of Destiny, even though the events of Sword and Destiny take place after the the Witcher stories Mm -hmm. as The Last Wish in 1993, but even then they weren't translated into English until 2007.
1: Yeah. And and he's been putting out a new English translation every year or so. Um, I think there's still a few more that need to get done. I think we mentioned this in the last episode that the last two books are coming out like this year and next year, respectively, I believe. Um, So still some more books that have not yet been translated, which is is pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. He also, if you were wondering, and I I was wondering, I found a Eurogamer interview with him uh, where he basically said, I don't play computer games, they're far beyond my sphere of interest. Uh, so he really has no connection to The Witcher games, uh, other than li- you know the licensing deal that allows them to use his-, use his world and his characters. He told Eurogamer in 2012, The Witcher is a well-made video game, its success is well deserved, the creators deserve all the splendor and honor due, but in no way can it be considered to be an alternative version or a sequel to The Witcher. Uh, to the Witcher Geralt stories, because this can only be told by Geralt's creator, a certain Andre Sapkowski. Wait, is, is he
1: talking about himself? He
0: referred to himself as the third person <laughs> of the quote. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I love so it him. sounds like he's like, already.
0: I don't want to, I don't, I'm not trying to dump on the game people, but I have nothing to do with the game. It's not an alternative version. It's their own thing. They happen to be using my, you know, my names and my world, but that's mm-hmm. fine. Don't consider it. He's basically saying it's not canon. It's its own, its own thing. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, if you do play the games uh, and if you haven't read the books before, um, I do believe that this novel is our first introduction to some of the primary characters that follow us throughout the game series, uh, including Yennefer and Triss, uh, two of my favorite characters. Team Triss, by the way. Oh, okay. um, good to know. <laughs> uh so i'm i'm really excited i haven't had a chance to start it yet uh but i've i just actually got the audiobook as well so i can i have a commute now uh so i need things to listen to for 40 minutes both ways um so i've been burning through podcasts and then i was like hey i should start doing audiobooks again
0: uh did you know the last wish is the name of a side quest in the witcher three it's available after the main story quest nameless
1: Mm Hmm. Huh. So you video I'm,
0: game players now have something to go check out. If you, I am gonna that.
1: go. I want to see that now. It involves
0: Yennefer. That's all. That's all I know about it.
1: I. I mean, I'm. I did everything.
0: Yeah. I'm, well, I'm, you probably like, did it then. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Probably.
0: Uh, but if you're like, hey guys, I don't play video games. I'm like Andre Sabkovsky. Tell me about the stories. Uh, it's a series of seven connected s- short stories that recount the adventures of Geralt, uh, told in a frame story framework. So there's a little overarching story of him in, That's a monastery. Is that the right way to refer to it? Um, he's in a temple, I guess not a monastery, because that implies monk's there's not really monks, but he's in a temple and that mm-hmm. that's where he starts at the beginning of The Last Wish and then recounts the story, his first story. Then we go back to the temple and he's talking and then he recounts his next story uh, and you get seven stories that way. They have elements of Slavic mythology uh, from creatures that do not have exact analogs in Western mythology. So that lends a certain otherworldliness to us non-Polish readers. Uh, and it's also um, uh, won the Spanish Ignitus Award for Best Anthology in 2003.
1: Nice. I did do this quest. Um, I did do this quest. I did. I can't say what I chose to do in this quest because that will be a spoiler.
0: Okay. All right. Good. Wow. So you went and looked that up.
1: Yeah. I was curious because I know I've done, I've only failed a very small number of quests in in The Witcher 3. Um, So I wanted to know if that was one of them and I just forgot about it, but no, I finished it. Uh, But yeah.
0: Well, I don't want to say this were made. This is a kickoff and it is non spoilery. So I I don't really Mm -hmm. want to say too much more about uh, the story. But as far I'm not terribly far into it. I'm only uh, towards the end of the second story of the seven. But I already absolutely adore Geralt. And I never have played any of the video games. I have this is my first introduction to him.
1: Yeah, he's easy to love. Uh, trust me. Um, he's uh, and I'm excited because I read that his humor really comes through a lot in the books. Um, and some people said that his humor wasn't as strong in the games until the third game. And I really like his kind of wry, dry sense of humor. Um, so I, I'm hoping I, I get some of that out of the book as well. Did you do you get that sense? Is that what you're coming up with?
0: Yeah, he's got a very Han Solo feel to mm. me. Uh, mm. You know, a bit he. It, it, they describe him most often as someone living in a world of moral ambiguity with a code of ethics of his own. And and that's how I think of Han Solo. He's he doesn't hold with all of those Jedi beliefs because he's got his own smuggler's code. And and Geralt's maybe a little more a little more moral than a Han Solo, but hmm. he definitely has because Because he's a witcher, right like he's he's got that whole guild behind him, he's not right. totally a rogue, uh, but at the same time, he's very much you know got a wry sense of humor and uh it and lo- always has his eyes open and looking for a way to keep the advantage
1: for me too um i I have a tendency to play him very uh lawful good, uh-huh, and I don't know if he if he's written that way. Like, I'm making choices for him in the game, which may not be what Andre Hmm. wanted him to be as, um, or would have chosen for him were he writing the novels. So that's, you know, not being able to have control over his decisions (laughs) and getting to decide what kind of person he's going to be is going to also be a very new experience for me.
0: That'll be interesting to check back in on. I'm curious curious what you think as we get along. Uh, If you are a patron at the $5 an episode or more level at patreon.com slash sword and laser, we've got all these book notes and more written up for you. You should have already got them in your uh, inbox for the August book notes. And of course, uh, for everybody, we'll continue to talk about about it on the show uh this month and yeah. uh and hope you enjoy the last wish
1: and uh speaking of patreon by the way uh we didn't have any takers on carrie's offer of the mid-american ticket from a couple weeks ago so uh, i have put that out on the forums um so there's still time if you are going to be in that area and want to check out mid-american uh carrie has one ticket to give away uh you know just she's got a whole voting membership uh, whatever that membership level is called you can go to the event you can vote for the hugos you can see a bunch of authors it sounds like it's going to be a really great con um so i started a thread over on goodreads called about mid-american uh, so post in there pretty much first come first serve so if you're you're if you're able to take the ticket let us know Kansas as soon as City. possible here you come yeah, it's going to it looks like really fun, actually. Um, and gosh, gee willikers, Dragon Con is coming up, too. And we are not going to be there this year uh, just as an FYI. Yeah,
0: we've mentioned this before, but I know some people have missed it. Uh, mm-hmm. I am going to be out of the country, actually, uh, because my wife insisted on going on vacation around the Labor Day holiday. Uh, and uh, in, in exchange, I did Create Con in Orlando. So I got to see some folks there. Uh, mm-hmm. And My we'll-
1: invite must have gotten lost in the mail to CreateCon. Never heard about that until you were gone for it. What? No. Yeah, I no, didn't even I sw- know it existed. Didn't.
0: Uh, we'll, we'll talk about this we'll offline. We'll talk about
1: this later. <laughs> um, we'll talk about it
0: later. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, you would have been way more than welcome. Uh, mm-hmm. And what else? The um, uh, Oh, there there is a Bay Area event cooking. Uh, in November that we'll hopefully have more details about as well.
1: Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, So yeah, Patreon, patreon.com slash sword and laser. If you can give a little to help support the show, we always appreciate it. And we're working on our levels also. So more fun stuff will come to those uh, shortly.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, We put a post up in the Patreon explaining what we want to do. And we've got a few people uh, respond to it and mostly positive. Uh, But if you didn't know we had posted that and you are a patron, go take a look because we want to hear your feedback.
1: Yep. And you can also support the show by buying books through our links or buying anything on Amazon through our Amazon banner on the website. Just scroll down a little bit on the right hand side navigation. uh, You will find an Amazon link. It is not spammy, I swear. Um, But if you want to do some fancy Amazon shopping by using that link, that'll really help us out. There's been some pretty interesting things you guys are buying using that link and it kind of cracks me up.
0: And find the links to the books at com slash picks. Review us on iTunes, too. Uh, you don't even have to leave a review. You can just uh, write a review of your favorite book in there. We don't really care. It's the five stars that help us out. So yeah. uh, if you want to review us there, that would help us out, too.
1: Or are you Team Triss or Team Yennefer?
0: Yes, there you go.
1: Let us know. I don't even know what
0: that means, and I'm excited. <laughs>
1: yet. Yet. <laughs> Leave us a voicemail, 4157SWORD6, or an email, feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com, and as always, all our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash laser. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.